You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Every day, what's happening, people's Doc Coyle. I'm your host. Hope everyone's doing well. I know it's a uh, it's, a, it's an interesting part of the year, right? You, you lean into the holidays. That uh, that frequency gets turned up real loud. I'm also I'm like, damn, do I have to buy people things? <laughs> I, I, I you know I don't have children, so I guess you know, when you have children, it's a different calculus you know but i, I kind of want to do the you know we're adults just like yo come on let's not worry about it <laughs> let's not stress each other out but it is what it is but i love you know i'm i'm getting there guys i'm warming up i had some eggnog today all right you happy it was almond milk eggnog though which i r- real eggnog man it's like it's good but that shit you have like you know a quarter of a cup and you need a nap and some tums. It's 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 really intense. Anyway, <laughs> uh, some cool things to talk about. I mean, if you follow me on social media, you've probably seen or Bad Wolves that our first single from our new album Lifeline just hit number one on the Active Rock radio chart, which is pretty damn crazy. Uh, it's the sixth Bad Wolves song to do that, and but our last single did not go number one so it's we we had a break we had five number ones in a row and yeah this this one went and you know it was the the single was rising really quickly and it kind of stalled because there was just so many big songs out and uh yeah and it it finally got there and yeah man i think it's definitely a a benchmark it's something it was a goal uh before the album came out to kind of prove to ourselves that we were still viable in that arena and the band has had so much success there and you're you know you just hope because if, if it doesn't go to that route or if it doesn't go well you go is it you know is the, the music not there is the you know uh the new sound not really connecting uh and it's doing, real, doing really well in octane as well i think it's at number three which is great too because it was a little slow there so that you know things are happening and I don't know. I have this kind of approach with things where I'm just I'm getting pretty pumped up and I'm and motivated and excited uh, to just work on the banks. I was so busy. I was doing the wedding band. I was doing this. I was doing that. And I got home like 10 days ago or whatever. And I kind of just hit the ground running, just getting work done uh, with the band. 
and kind of putting my my bad wolves hat back on, which is which has been really invigorating. And I'm kind of I'm really focused and I'm kind of excited about the potential, you know, but I, I got to watch it. Sometimes I, I get too hyped up and I almost get like manic sometimes when I'm just work, 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 work. Even today, I, I, I had a bunch of stuff to do and I skipped out because I found out the Matrix was playing on IMAX, the original. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to see the Matrix. And I went to see the movie and I couldn't keep my <laughs> my eyes open. <laughs> I was tired as hell. I, I've been kind of burning the candle um, and being productive, which I which I enjoy. But then you, sometimes you don't realize the the toll you're kind of taking on yourself. So, uh, you know, I want to kind of strike a, a good balance, you know, because that can be almost a bipolar attitude of getting so hyped and you get ideas, you want to do this, do that, and you're working, boom, 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 and then you crash and then the opposite could happen, right? So, you know, it's more of a reminder to myself of not repeating past errors or kind of methodologies of, of handling how I'm kind of doing doing life. Uh, but I but I am much happier when I'm in the mode I'm in right now, which is just being excited, having ideas, building off momentum. And uh, yeah, Bad Wolves has a new member to our management team that's really kicking ass and, and getting a lot of things going. And so, yeah, I just I'm I'm just very feeling very good about the prospects of the future. And and, and, and in some ways, it's not necessarily about. The future even it's just about what are you doing now how can you develop good habits and put the work in uh and kind of execute some ideas and kind of we're in this situation where we kind of need to really take ownership over the enterprise and that's going to take some time and some effort but i'm looking forward to the challenge so trying to think what else is going on oh yeah i got some really cool interviews i, I spoke to john petrucci of Dream Theater today, one of my guitar heroes. Not, not that I've, ba- I've barely learned his stuff, but you know, I had his old instructional video. He's 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 a boss, and I also spoke to Jeremy Spencer, the former drummer of Five Finger Death Punch today. So we have some we have some good shows coming down the is it the pipe or the pike? I don't I'm gonna say the pipe. That makes more sense. Things go through pipes. I don't I don't even really know what a pike is. You know, I'm sure it's the turnpike. Okay. I'm learning some stuff. All right. Before this goes off the rails, let's get to it. This week's show sponsor. Very exciting. We have a band from Germany, which is cool. I don't know if we've had any German bands. I'm sure we've had some bands on here. It's a German thrash band, thrash metal. Uh, they're called Shock Gnosis. Cool name for a band. And this is a song entitled Apalic.
So that was Shocknosis with their brand new single, A Palic. And yeah, that was a banger. I, You know what? I, I kind of missed, misgenred the band. I was reading uh, their bio and it says they're from the Rhine Ruhr, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, which I'm probably not, area of Ger- Germany where a lot of German thrash bands like Creator and Sodom uh, come from. But clearly after listening to them, they're a lot more modern and versatile than you know putting them calling them thrash metal would be uh presumptuous but i really enjoyed that it sounds great i was headbanging o- over here really like the, the the versatility of the song uh yeah just just sounded awesome i i really enjoyed that and i'm sorry um apalic is the second single from their forthcoming album which, which is called be chaos be god and it's going to be released on December 17th, 2021 on Dedication Records. Head over to their website, which is dedication slash or dash records dot de. And you can check, check them out. Pre-order, CD, vinyl, merch bundles. It's all over there. And for a digital version, you can go over to shocknosismetal.bandcamp.com. 
and which also has the first two albums going one even go back to like 2009 so they've been around for a while and just so you know the way that it's spelled it's shock s-h-o-c-k and then gnosis with a g g-n-o-s-i-s all one word and yeah they have their first single is called not be silent and you can go to their youtube page shock gnosis official watch the lyric video check them out Tell them Doc Coyle sent you. You enjoyed it. You guys like the metal over here. And I know you probably appreciated that song. So huge thanks to them for sponsoring the show. If you'd like to sponsor the show, get up in the DMs or shoot me an email at the xmanpodcast at gmail.com. Remember, that's EX. And there's a little bit of a you know a few-week wait, like I said. It's taking, might take some time to get on there, but you'll get on there. It's great. It's great to be in demand. Thank you to everyone who uh, hits me up and is interested about being on the show because I think it's a great platform and people seem to be enjoying it. Alrighty then. We have, I mean, we got a serious guest who this is his second time on the X-Men podcast program. DL, Daniel Laskowitz, the brand new singer of Bad Wolves. And it was just paramount that I got him back on the show to kind of do a catch up conversation since the last time we spoke so much has changed um you know even since dl joined the band i've gotten to know him so much better and he's just such a great human being and me and him (laughs) we just love hanging out and talking and shooting the shit and the more i can kind of introduce him to my audience or to the the fans of the band I think is is fantastic and that's why these these long form conversations are just essential to the modern media landscape that we're in. So I think you guys are gonna enjoy this. I know you'll enjoy this. So here is number two on the X-Men podcast with my main man, DL Daniel Laskowitz. <laughs> So, you know, it's very important to talk about the fact that I had you on this show four years ago, which is crazy. Like, it, it was in the first, I want to say, like, maybe 20, 25 episodes I did. So, like, very very early on. And, you know, we we had gone way back um, in the scene. You know, we we met in, in 2004. And I, I tell this story a lot uh, <laughs> when I'm doing other in other interviews but it's important for me to, to to say it here about how how we met uh god forbid used to do really well in the uh springfield massachusetts area we'd play fat cats all the time and every time we play there for, for whatever reason the local band they make us headlines so like all that rains would play or unearth would play or kill switch but god forbid was i guess pretty popular so we would we would headline die cast we'd play over them it was weird and no, well, you that, guys were the ones. I mean, everybody wanted to see God forbid. But we kind of held it down. You know, we kind of held it down. Like, okay. Absolutely. Un- until <laughs> 2004 or 2005, I forget which 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 year, you know, uh, Acacia Strain opened up for us. And like half the place left. People went ape shit. Motherfuckers, I think we're using like pots and pans to beat up old people or something jumping off that little sidebar on the <laughs> yeah dr- drop kicking janitors and shit out the door <laughs> <laughs> yep yep that was a crazy show crazy show and, and i was you know feeling bad about myself but then you were like in the front row 
like singing all the all the words to the songs from Gone Forever, and that was kind of like my consolation prize. <laughs> like, well, yeah, at least Gone that guy. Forever. Thinks... <laughs> that was my tr- that was my CD for sure. I love that one. It's a lot of people's CD, you know. To this to this day, I think it's you know that one is probably that one in Constitution are are most popular amongst the children. Um, amongst the youngins, yeah. The Gone Forever was a that was a ripper. I mean, I know amongst like me and my friends, that was definitely like the most played. God forbid stuff and. It was around that time that, like, we were just stoked to play a show with God Forbid. We were, like, super local band still. And, uh, you know, we were all kids ourselves and shit. And it was cool to cool to play with a band that we were, like, listening to daily. And um, that's what you seen. I, I was in the front row. I couldn't wait to watch you guys. So <laughs> that's what's up. Well, no, it's, it's, it's funny because that definitely that happens when you're – you know, you're in a scene, you think you think you're badass, you always have to keep that eye on the rearview mirror of those bands coming up that are getting heavier and coming up with new ideas and, and always keeping you keeping on you on, on your toes. But yeah, but that's that's how we met. And then you kinda you know, you quit the band and you were pretty much like that was the kind of crazy thing about our last podcast was it was almost like we were truly catching up because you know, you you know, you weren't really in the public eye as much. You weren't, you know, super active on in on social media. So we were just kind of like, you know, basically like, what you've been doing. But now it's like, what you've been doing between our last podcast and now, yeah, which is pr- producing a lot of bands, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I'm definitely like probably up until Bad Wolves, the thing that's taken up almost all of my time is producing bands and co-writing and everything under that umbrella. So um, just trying to stay busy, staring at the computer and staring at waveforms and trying to make, make uh, already, already good bands um, move to like a, a new, you know, level or not even level, but just like to try, you know, try and refine their sounds. Like I'm, I'm working with all their remains and they kind of want to go back to their heavy roots. So it's like, they come to me to like, pick that breakdown part of my brain and and it's just like it, it works really good so yeah i've just been working on production and mixing and mastering and, and everything under that umbrella and up until bad wolves that that's been keeping me really busy did you go to school for recording at all not at all no i self self-taught i think the uh the, the anything that could be like even kind of uh associated with any kind of schooling would just be like um, recording with the guys that I recorded with Adam D and Zeus and just like watching how they work and, and like their thought process, definitely like, especially Adam and just really molded and, and it like shaped what, how I look at, at music or how I look at, um, composition, uh, and definitely, you know, production and, and all the little tricks that he taught. Like I've, 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 I could probably say that. I, 95% of the things that I use still today, I, I learned from Adam. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I've still never had had a chance to work with Adam. And I know, God forbid, we tried to get him a couple of times, but he was so in demand back, you know, back back in the day. Um, and his, it's ironic because his personality is so silly and he's a fun guy, but I've heard in the studio, he's like the most meticulous and most like on your ass producer there is yeah yeah i mean he still i mean it's still him you know he, he doesn't it's still fun he makes it fun but um yeah he doesn't really fuck around he, he definitely 
And, and that's that's the, the great part of, of him being a producer. It's like he gets the best takes out of you. He he makes the band present the best version of themselves and he just knows how to get that out of people, whether it's the singer or the guitar players. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, he, he's just really good at, at what he does. And that made me fall in love with, like, wanting to be a producer and mixing and everything, like, just watching him work and, and how meticulous he was and the fact that he was able to, like, walk that line so, some days you know if it's an easy day and things are going smoothly those were the fun days and he like knew where when and where to like apply the silliness like you know on an easy day we fuck around a little more but if it was the day that we needed to get stuff done and, and uh it was he was tracking somebody that like really couldn't nail things it was yeah he, he pulled out the you get your fanny spanked a little bit <laughs> well there's some of those producers like we worked with jason sukoff a couple times there's nothing mm -hmm. like having that producer that might take the guitar from you and play your part better <laughs> especially <laughs> yeah i know i know and 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 especially with that being said like especially if like they do it and you're like all right yeah he's gonna play better than me anyway so fuck it let's just get past this part <laughs> it's it, yep it's, it's, it's happened to me Yo, one one time we were recording uh, the God Forbid album Determination, and Zeus was there, and Zeus is a guitar player, and there was yep. this one song "Go Your Own Way," and the verse. I mean, Corey, this is before we had, we had a click, right? And Corey just played, you know, the track like a little faster than we were used to, and the the verse is like, and and just all down picking, right? And we're just struggling, <laughs> and Zeus is like, all oh, the let me try that. Like he was trying to like flex on us. <laughs> he did a couple passes. Like, yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> <You've> been... <laughs> He's like, oh, I, I thought uh, my, uh, I guess his, uh, his eyes were bigger than his stomach. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, had... so you just, just fucking sat on that pop part for a little bit then. No, we just, this is back. You know, we did those first two records on tape. You just had to, Oh, that was tape. Yeah. 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 You just had to play it until yep. it was right. You know, cause you know, if you, <laughs> Like there was a song, uh, that I think the song "Determination," we ended up slow. Like the take was too fast, so we like slowed down the tape. So the actual mm -hmm. drums are actually lower in pitch a little bit. Oh know? my god! Yeah, that's crazy like, though. Like the the fact that that's 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 thinking ahead for sure because people do that now, but it's so easy on a computer. But damn, that was Zeus. That was that was doing that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, we just pioneered. but it was but there was no click and. You know, and, and you're still almost working with that live energy. And sometimes you're in the studio, if if boys hyped up, then that's what you get. But then after the fact, you're like, it's funny when we started doing uh, records to, to a click, a lot of times we would play them faster live. And then I'd hear the record. I'm like, damn, the record sounds slow. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like way too slow. I know. <laughs> we used to do the same thing because uh, we, you know, we would record to a click, um, even the, the records that we did on tape. But we never, you know, did did the tracks or played to a click live or anything. So we we definitely tended to play everything wicked fast live. Um, and you could tell, like, you know, watching videos or something. Now it's like holy holy crap, we doubled doubled speed sometimes. What's your kind of philosophy as a producer, given the fact that you did come up in that more old school environment? Are you someone that really appreciates kind of the more organic band? oriented thing or are you someone that's completely embraced the new school of like editing and tightening and kind of you know trying to I, I imagine deal with budgets you have to in some regards you have to do that right like you have to 
maybe a band can't afford to record real drums or or whatever. Someone's not fucking up. You'll just kind of, you know, get into the trickery, as it were. <laughs> to make yeah, it work. no, I, I, I think, you know, it's just like, I'd be lying if I didn't say that I appreciate technology. And um, that, that doesn't go to say that, like, I, I still appreciate amps. I love, like, a, a you know, a good good amp and a good amp tone and like i appreciate setting it up properly and everything but like a lot of times now it's just nobody has time for that stuff and like half nine times out of ten now when i'm doing a, a mix or or just even tracking in general like i just pull up a plugin a neural dsp plugin or something and it's like those nine out of ten times the, either, whether it's me tracking or whoever's in the room working with me it's like what are we running through right now? This sounds amazing. So it's like, how can you argue with results? And uh, yeah, I do appreciate the, um, how easy things have gotten. Cause it's just, it, you worry less about the, the technical side of things and you are able to focus more on creating and uh, composition and, and just writing good songs. And yeah, where, I mean, back in the day, I think it'd be almost half and half, you know, I mean, just before you even track drums, you'd set up mics for a day then the next couple of days you'd be getting tones. And so I, I think, you know, without knocking analog or knocking old school, cause I do appreciate it. But like, I think in, in modern rock and metal, it's just in a lot. I mean, if you, if there's not a specific thing that you want, well, we want this seventies Ludwig kid. And like, if there's not super specifics that you're going for, then I think it's just, uh, it just makes more sense to, throw throw up a plug-in and write with a drum uh, drum machine and you know whatever yeah i mean i my kind of take on it is there's good there's really great things and there's some downsides and to me that what you lose in that translation process is more character so because the kemper sounds great and the axe effects and the plugins sound great you get a lot more tones that sound very less bands have signature tones because a lot of there is less less identity in bands now for sure recordings at least so but the only way you can do that is to go hey well we're just gonna i'm gonna use this weird amp do this weird cab do this weird mic and it's gonna sound however i want it you know to, to be you know even even with bad wolves like the tone of that band comes from max karen and that's because he uses i mean i mean i guess back in the day he was using a, an axe effects like so uh it started kind of more similar, but he always had a different approach. And I think that's one of the things that makes Bad Wolves kind of cool is like the band actually has a sound guitar. -wise. Well, yeah, I, th I think with him, too, it's like a tech, a technical thing, too, where like his guitar is routed and set up a certain way. Like, I think all of those little things kind of have give him his son like, um, you know, sonic palette. So. Um, I think, you know, even, even if everybody's using the same samples or everybody's using the same Kemper patches, there's ways of still kind of making it your own. You just got to carve it out a little more and pay attention to that side of things. Um, but not everybody wants to go that far, I guess. So I'm trying to, I've been, I've been working on my, my signature sound for 89 years. <laughs> Dude, sounds good. I love it. Have you heard that new Bad Wolves yet? Damn. I mean, well, god I said, damn. I can't take no credit for that. Except for the lead tone. That's my lead tone, baby. That's my EVH. That sounds good. Up in, up, up in my crib. Um <laughs> so it's 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 interesting, right? Because we're we're kind of having these conversations about production and guitar, and yet 
you're the lead singer in in our band and that came to a surprise to a lot of people um which is the fact that it was a surprise is not surprising because you were not really out there in a big way as as a vocalist obviously people who er heard your other band legend and knew what you were do what you were doing but that wasn't like a live project it was pretty much just recording right yeah it was it was just um it was a studio project i mean that was just a, a labor of love you know we just wanted to write music and um chad and i um singer of legend and for the fallen dreams we both uh, at that time especially when we first talked about even working together we were both on this like times of grace kick and we like loved the fact that that wasn't really a band at the time either. It was just kind of a studio project and they both were kind of going through some shit. We love the, the whole story of like, you know, the fact that they both just had to use it as a therapy to, to write the music. So, and then like we, it was like the same kind of thing between Chad and I, you know, and um, we just wanted to use legend as that. It was just like a platform to release whatever kind of music we wanted to. We didn't want to just be, painted into a corner like we had in our other bands i know i, I mean i don't know about him but for sure me i was kind of <clears throat> like i said painted into a corner as far as having to do heavy music and um i always wanted to do singing and um just i didn't want to have any kind of no rules especially when it comes to writing music so that was like first and foremost what we wanted to do with legend it was just like a a platform and something to release music and, and kind of get through what we were going through. So, um, yeah, that was like our, our times, of, our ode to times of grace. We just wanted to release music for the love of music. What was your background with, with, with singing? How, how, how well, how long did you know you were, were you that good at singing that you felt like you could, you could do something like that? I, I don't think I ever knew if I was good at singing or not. Um, I just did it and I like <laughs> loved it. And, and I knew that I, I, could sing things that I loved listening to. So, um, yeah, I wasn't really self-aware when it came to like, whether I was good or not. I just know that I like loved singing and I loved, um, I loved melody. I loved kill switch growing up. I loved all that, like, you know, early metalcore stuff, good cop, bad cop with like the screaming verses and the, the singing choruses and that, that stuff just caught on. And I would always sing along to like big influence of mine is Howard and uh, yeah. I would always sing along to that stuff or, or big influence seven dust. I would always sing along to LeJohn stuff and just kind of pay attention to all those little nuances and, and how they kind of hit their vibratos. And, you was listening to yeah, the brothers, that, man, the brothers of metal, man, man, they got the soul. <laughs> they got the soul. I love it. And, um, and you know, even, even before all that stuff, I, I grew up singing in a Catholic school. Um, and part of that curriculum was just, it was a music class and they like talked about the sounds a guitar make or like, you know, all a little bit of everything, but they focused mainly on singing. And, um, that just opened up a lot of doors for me, just teaching you all the little things and then actually going and singing in church with like the other kids and stuff. And it just like, then I would go home and I would listen to Michael Jackson or voice to men. And I would really pay attention to how they're doing it. And same thing with them. Like they're, they're vibratos and, and all that stuff. So, yeah, I never knew, never knew if, if I was going to sing or not, but I loved it. And I always did it behind closed doors. I never really, and then, you know, up until I met you, I never even really showed anybody. So, well, um, I think you were one of the first people that like, besides the whole like legend project and everything, but like personally where I was like, yo, check this out. You were one of the first people that, that I, I showed you my vocals too. So, 
So yeah, so this has come up a, a little bit was you sent me this cover of Skeleton Song by Seven Dust and I was blown away. I was like, cause I, I really didn't have any idea. I, I, I'm not sure if the, the, I'm sure that there was some, I checked out some of the legend stuff uh, around time the time we did the podcast, but I wasn't like knee deep in it. And I remember hearing that and I was like, holy shit. And then you had kind of reached out to me when Bad Wolves came out, uh, just raving about how big of a fan of the band you were. And, Super fan, man. And try and and <laughs> for y'all listen, he he was basically pitching himself as like a third guitar player. He was so he was trying to join the band on the first record, and I was like, I was like, <laughs> man, I was like, I was I was like, you know what? I I I'd be okay with that. I don't, I don't know if we we could afford it at the time, but it, it was cool that because we just developed kind of. Uh, you know, just a rapport back then around around the band. And then you ended up doing some top lining for a song called The Consumerist on uh on on Nation. And that it was funny because I remember like I was I had like I recorded some vocal ideas for that and it was and then I remember he I was like, Oh yeah, my shit's my shit's pretty good and I heard yours and I was like, Okay, yes, I'm gonna go home. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you guys tomorrow. I'm uh, that's right. <laughs> I'm not good at music. <laughs> Shut up. That was so no, that was fun. Yeah, it was fun to uh, just kind of scratch the surface uh, and work on something Bad Wolves related. And that kind of got us all talking more and stuff. So that was fun. Yeah, but one of the things that uh, when I thought about your, your, your voice, which is interesting when we were looking for a singer was a lot of people the the name that kept coming up was like y'all should get howard y'all should get howard right that was the thing everyone kept talking about but i'm the thing i remember listening to your your singing uh and i had i had a few more songs uh, around that time as well it was, it was like you kind of reminded me of howard you know like, sure, like that, yeah. kind that of was, in that same range a little bit yeah just uh you know, not like you're doing an impression or anything, but it just had some similar tonal qualities. It was full and, and soulful. And um, so when we were looking for a singer, it was like you were already kind of in the back of my mind and John. I remember because we had we had talked about it. And within 24 hours of us not having a vocalist, you, you had sent us a version of Better Off This Way. And I remember getting that and, you know, being going through all the crazy emotions of having to kind of walk into the unknown and not knowing what the process was going to be like. Could we find a new vocalist that could do the job? Like it was, so, it was just equally exciting and really, really scary. And then hearing that it kind of put all our, <laughs> all, everything at ease. I go, it's like, not even like th that we're like, if, if we just went, if we just went with DL right now and just didn't do any search, we know we, we could make a great record at the bare minimum. And it would be right. that the quality would not be less. And that was a really kind of crazy uh, revelation to have in that, in that moment. So good job of getting on top of that ASAP. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't wait. Honestly, like the, the first thing that uh, was it, I don't remember whether it was you or John that, that, said hey track track this these probably, three or, it was john it was probably john yeah so yeah i mean the, the second he told me like all right let's start with better off this way 
track it and, and see see how it sounds or whatever. I, I couldn't wait to do it. That's why I got it done so fast because that, I love that song to begin with. So it's like I was excited just to to track it and hear what I would sound like. By, you know, I, I wanted to do it for myself. Yeah. Um, on top of it, just to see what it would sound like. And um, yeah, I, it was it was a funny time for me, too, because I didn't know like I didn't know if I should wait because I know that that, like you just said, it was like a scary time and like the wound is so fresh. You're, you're, you guys are like going through a lot of stuff, trying to figure it out at the time. And like, I didn't want to seem like too eager, but at the same time, I didn't want, like, I wanted to kind of get ahead of the bunch and um, yeah, I'm glad I did. Uh, but I'm also glad that the band, um, I'm glad that the band agreed to, go on the extensive search that you did because it just makes sense. It's like, like you said, when you're looking for a new singer, it's like everybody's kind of freaking out, but at the same time, everybody's excited and you guys all get to try new things and then just like stretch your legs and um, maybe even try singers that weren't anywhere near like what you guys had imagined. Like, it's like you can kind of play it safe or you can, you can kind of do whatever you want. And, um, I'm really glad that you guys went through like the kind of traditional tryout process as long as you did. And it just like, um, it makes it feel better and more organic at the end of the day that like I ended up being the singer because it's like, we just gelled as a band and, um, and the vocals on the music sounded the right way and and everything kind of, I know we all, we all, talk crap about this saying and it's like the worst but everything does happen for a reason and it's just kind of how that worked out so um yeah i think it's i think sometimes it's good to be vetted right because then it's like you almost go through a process that's actually you're you're directly being i guess competing or being compared to other people and you withstood all the steps you know what i'm saying so it was great to have that as like a fail safe, uh, but I think it was important for us to leave no stone unturned to 100%. Re- to really have deep conversations and go, well, what do we want? Do we want this? Do we want this kind of person? Okay, this, you know, and then the thing is, we didn't make it a public thing, right? So we didn't put out something on our website that was like, hey, we're looking for a vocalist and get 12,000 submissions. We pretty much, reach out to people directly or if someone had some kind of link to us because i mean whatever if someone sent me a message on instagram i was like i'm interested and then you go check their shit like nine out of ten times you check out a link you're like this uh no it's not gonna work right (laughs) um but then but then within that we probably had i don't know 20 to 30 people actually do like what you did where they recorded some stuff and send it in and a lot of those were really good it was just a matter of like is it the right sound? Cause it was like, it can be a good singer, but if it, if it, there are certain qualities that if it feels too much like a different band, then it just doesn't make sense. You know? Well, that's, that's part of the reason why you guys, or, or I'm assuming that's part of the reason why you guys didn't make like a mass. Okay. Let's get everybody in the world to submit because you guys knew what you wanted. So that's why you reached out to the certain people that you did. And, um, and really like even, as much as I like wanted it to be me or whatever, like regardless of that, um, it was like that process was really fun for me too. Like even after the fact, it was fun for me to hear all the other submissions and stuff and like 
like the top five, I think the band would have been okay with anybody in the top five. And it's just kind of cool to hear that. And, um, and like, know how much, uh, like how much talent there was out there kind of trying out for the band and stuff. It's cool. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because there was a lot of talent, you know, I think involved with people trying out, but it's, it was almost kind of illuminating too, to the idea that to be like, to the type of vocalist to sing this genre where you have to sing, you have to scream, you have to yell, you have to, there's, you know, even in battles, it's almost like semi rapping type kind of quick stuff. There's a, there's just not that many people out there that can physically do that much stuff. And most of the people that can are already in bands that are big. Right. <laughs> right. They, yeah. Right. They're already <laughs> sick. Yeah. Exactly. But so, so nine out of 10 times, if you're, you know, I think there's this idea that, Oh, there's just some, kid somewhere that like has it all and is just undiscovered and and usually those people i think are undeveloped and they have to like start their own band and go out and go on tour you know they have you know they have to kind of become that over time it's just they have to just, uh, pay their dues kind of thing yeah it's just it, it it was just very illuminating uh process but but yeah i mean so for us um, just to give you our perspective, which you already know, but you know, people listening to this don't might not know, is just that mm -hmm. you know, when we got into a room together with you, it just felt like you were just one of the boys. It felt the most comfortable, you know, jamming, and you were the one person because pretty much everyone else, I think we brought six people in the room. We would we do with the set twice, except for one person, John's back went out, so we only get to do this set once. <laughs> uh right. yeah, it was funny. Uh it was, I have it on video too. Cause he just goes, I'm done anyway, <laughs> but, uh, Time out. Um, but you were the one person who got better the second, the second time around, which just tells me, told me about the way your brain works, which is that you're someone who's constantly, Oh, like, Oh, I did this. And I like, you're kind of performing, but then analyzing and going, Oh, I didn't hit this part. So the next time around you're technically figuring out what you you didn't uh that didn't work and that was really encouraging where a lot of people they do it and they like blow their voice out and they'd be kind of shot so the second time would always be worse you know yeah. so th well that was that was a, a new thing for me too is like just hearing myself on ears for the first time and and like you said kind of figuring out like where i should be at certain certain points of certain songs so um yeah that that was a eye-opening experience for me too. just, I mean, like you said, I, I felt just as comfortable as you guys coming in, but that was just because like I knew you and like, we started talking about like the past and, and touring and stuff. And, and that part was comfortable, but to be honest, like you already know this, like you said, we've had this talk, but like I was shit in my pants to like come in there and, and sing. Cause it's, it's a lie, you know, it was just like, it was a lot. Um, especially considering I never like did that with a full band before. Like I sing all day, every day in the studio. And, and it's like, I get to correct my flaws and everything, especially before I show people and stuff. But that was like one of the first times that I had hopped on a shitty, like little SM 58 in front of a, a band. And like, um, yeah, so that was a, a really nerve wracking time for me. And I think like, like you said, once we got through the first set and I was excited to do it again, cause I was like, all right, well, now we broke that ice. Like, let's do it for real now. So, yeah, they, and and our rehearsal space 
is very unforgiving. It's it's pretty dry and there's God, no I sounded like shit. <laughs> I sounded like shit. But it it in a weird way, it's it's kind of like you know being under like a a black light or something or a spotlight where it's going. All right, let's see how you look without makeup. <laughs> yeah, and the, and yeah. the push up bra and the heels. <laughs> Man, I'll never forget. I'll never forget when we like left that that rehearsal that day. And I went back to my hotel room that night. I was just like, damn, I was terrible. And I like, <laughs> I remember hitting up John and John was like, man, we think you did pretty good. Yeah. Uh, what did he say? Um, he was like, don't let it stop you from getting a burger in you tonight or something like that. And I was like, okay, I must have done all right. So yeah, but I definitely left feeling like whew, that was, that was a rough one, but. Yeah. But I mean, but no, but it was, it was an important part of the process, uh, especially in, in this day and age with, recording techniques you never know you know who's a studio singer who can actually pull it off so that was really imperative and then the the third step was having singers track like new songs you know and luckily you are a producer so you could kind of track that stuff on your own and we were able to because it was ultimately it's yeah singing old songs is great but you're not hiring a cover singer you're hiring someone to be your singer so it was about like okay what what's the future of the band going to sound like? What is it? What is it about now? Not just how well you can replicate something that already previously e exists. And that was, you know, we, we did that and then it was unanimous, you know, amongst, amongst the guys in terms of, I think the thing that put it over the top was just, it just felt the most like bad wolves with you singing. Sure. Yeah. I, I felt the same way. Um, like I said, even when I heard the, the other submissions and stuff, um, I kind of talked to each one of you and I like a couple of guys even asked me my own opinion and um, I can't take anything away from any of the other submissions. And I was actually like, you know, more than anything, giving props to all those people. Um, but I, I obviously I was biased because it was me, but I, I also felt the same way. I felt like mine just kind of um, fit the mold the best. And uh, but I just wanted you guys to do what was right for the band. So at the end of the day, um. You guys made your decision, and now you're stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> Damn straight, man. You can't. The third singer, the Gary Sharon, it just doesn't seem to work out. So <laughs> it's, it's whack. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, 
And I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts. And new episodes come out every Monday. Uh, but but no, it is it is very much like uh, a marriage, right? It's a it's a commitment that you know, hey, making this decision. If you make the wrong decision, then you could you know derail your whole career. So it's it's it was really important that everyone was on the same page. You know, the management uh, also thought you were the best choice. There was, you know, and we, I would send it to friends, I, you know, people who I respect and get get some different opinions. And I got all different kinds of feedback, you know. Um, sure. But yeah, but, but yeah, so it was, it was kind of this breakneck thing where we told you, you, you were, you were the guy and you were in the studio in a week after that, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, it was a lot um, for me too. Like even just like when when John was like, "All right, well, let's get you out here next week," and I'm like, "Wait, wait, wait!" I'm like papers <laughs> flying everywhere. Like, How did you yep. feel? So, um, excited um, more than anything because that's like obviously that's like home base for me. I love the studio and I love that whole process. So like knowing, especially hearing a couple of the songs ahead of time and and knowing what I was walking into as far as like material is concerned is I was like so stoked to track the stuff that I had heard already. And, um, and I think like it was originally slated for uh, a month or something like that, like four weeks to record. And and I I hit John back and I was like, man, we'll get this done in two weeks. He's like, are you sure? And I was like, I promise. And like, (laughs) and yeah, I think we ended up, knocking it out with a couple days to spare even and like having days to kind of just go back and comb things over so yeah worked out uh, pretty nicely yeah i think you did because uh you know what crazily what happened around this time is right after we you joined my father passed away so i, I kind of like was so excited about everything we were doing and then my whole world blew up and i was so when you came to yeah. la i was back on the east coast dealing with all with all all that stuff and I kind of came back like half halfway through but I remember yep. just being super encouraged cuz you know getting like texts and emails and it's like dude DL did three songs the first day and it's like I heard it I was like holy shit and I remember just getting songs and and there were songs like um uh up in smoke that is not on the record but I mean it could be on the record it's a fucking really killer song um where we hadn't, I hadn't heard any vocals on it. We had just, it was a song we wrote after, uh, after this, this, the split. So there was no demoing. There was, there was nothing. And being like, holy shit, this, this fucking album is going to be really good. Like being like, this is kind of crazy. Same. You know, just every day hearing a new song and being like, are you fucking kidding me? And then I, I came into town and, you know, I, cause I just really wanted to be a part of the process. And it was cool because it was, probably the first time ever that the entire band was in the studio, you know, that, yeah, it was good vibes every day. And it was, and everyone was involved, right? Like Kyle was in there laying down screams and, you know, I came and did some, you know, literally the first day I was there, I came and did the vocal harmonies on in the The harmonies on in the middle. Yeah. And I was all shot and like, over like no sleep. Just, just like, I was like, can I sing? And I went and did my warm up. I was like, 
I think I could do it. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they sounded great. But it was, you know, unfortunately, previously the environment was not in- inclusive, right? It was very segmented, and I think a lot of guys felt unwelcome and not a part of the process. So it was kind of this cool thing where we had maybe half a record or 60% of a record that was kind of done or written, uh, even though most of those songs, like uh, lyrics had to be rewritten for a lot. So we, we, and it was kind of crazy hearing like, oh, here's this song, but totally new lyrics. You're like, oh, that's what, and then I got there. I was like, how the hell are these guys doing this? And I was, and I just saw the process and like, John was writing lyrics and you were writing lyrics and uh, Josh from Asley Dying was co-producing the record and helping write. He was writing stuff and and then everyone, and then I got there and it was the same thing. I had my pad out and just, you know, shooting words and shooting lines. And it was, it was just a cool environment to see how like quick things would come and how there was very little like, I don't think there was much tension in the studio. Not at all. I don't, I don't think we got into one squabble, did we? No, I think, I think so. well, I think there, listen, there was no I, tense moments. Well, it's like me, I think I'm the most kind of like contentious in terms of like my ideas where I'll, I'm probably the, the one who wants to zig more than zag. Like I remember we got in that one conversation, we were talking about the song Gone and there were two versions of it. So there's the mm-hmm. one which is on the record, which is like more halftime and the guitars are a lot more straightforward and there was like a metal version of the song where the drums are more oh, tempo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yep. i was arguing for the more metal version of the song and i still think i'm right all right <laughs> and i'm gonna oh, try we, now we're gonna fucking argue That's yo it. straight up straight up man let's 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 <laughs> let's knuckle up son um but uh but no but it's i'm very much like i believe in kind of the democratic process of the band or you know, and, there, and it's also, you know, J- Joseph and, and Josh were part of the production team. And so, you know, we obviously care about what they think. And, you know, and I think John was uh, Switzerland. He didn't really care. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but but no, that's the kind of, you know, there are definitely disagreements, but I think that's okay. Like that's, I think if you have a truly collaborative album process, not everyone is going to be happy. There's going to be a lot of compromises. When I say happy, I mean like, not everyone's going to get exactly what that you individually want all the time. And if you're really open-minded, you'll go, well, you know, everyone wants this, then let's, all right, let's do that. And and just be right. open to that of like, that's the, the collaborative process is everyone gets to be involved, you know, and have a yeah. say. And I, well, I think that that was especially like kind of going in fresh and everything. And that was like a, a big, um, kind of an eye-opening part of it for me too is like for the first time in my career like really being in a room with whatever eight just for the sake of numbers like eight other dudes that are all just as capable as the next like everybody's opinion everybody's ideas like I don't think there was one bad idea that got thrown out it's like so that was like a really refreshing kind of cool part of the process for me it's like um, and I think even for, you know, Joseph, uh, being a producer and probably having to tell people like, especially like a new singer coming in that he's never tracked before or something, I'm sure he's got to like, you know, sometimes you got to hold people's hands in those kind of scenarios and everything. And I think, you know, it was even refreshing for a guy like him. Cause I remember the first day we came in and like you had mentioned, I, I tracked three songs or whatever it was just first day, kind of 
coming in cold, no warm ups, nothing. Like we just we went for it because we <laughs> we knew we had a lot of stuff to do, and um, yeah, like a, Joseph had like the top talkback mic on still or something, and like he like laughed after the first song. He's like, this, this guy's just like producing himself. So like that was kind of a <laughs> it was that was a fun part of it, and um, I don't want to sound like you know cocky or, or like be weird about it, but it was almost too smooth or too easy of a process. And it's, it's awesome to know that that's like, that's the working scenario between the guys of the band. It's like, it's, it's like heaven as far as being in the studio is concerned. Cause even though we did have a, you know, uh, it's even harsh to say disagreement on a part or something, but like, yeah, at the end of every single day, like we would leave, just feeling better than the day before. So it's like, I've never been in a studio situation like that. So it was really, that was definitely like beyond the rehearsal and beyond the tryouts. Like, you know, we were still all kind of feeling each other out, even in the studio. Cause it's like so fresh and we only had those couple of hangouts together and stuff. But um, I think the studio was like a big, like turning the corner kind of thing for me, just feeling like very comfortable around you guys and, and like loving the process even more. So. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that sticks out to me was the last, we, I think we had maybe th three days left or something like that. And we had done, I don't know, 12 songs or 11 songs. And we were trying to figure out which songs to track in the last few days because we had so many instrumental songs done. Like we, we, recorded a lot of music and there was a lot of like, this oh, could have been like a triple disc <laughs> yeah well no but we were literally in the studio like listening like because the truth is it's like i might have an instrumental that i like or something i worked on but it's like i don't know if you like it <laughs> and, right. and it's in that so we we were literally in there just like playing you songs hey what do you think about this what do you think about this one and that's how we kind of came around at house of cards because it was between that and another song me and chris had, had wrote and you were you were more vibing on that, and then literally that song at the beginning of the day. I think the the only part we actually had was the pre-chorus, which we didn't even know it was the pre-chorus at the time. But uh, Brandon Sammons had had wrote wrote that. But other than that, there was nothing. We didn't even know we were going to use that. But that whole song, the the verse, chorus, bridge, was all put together that in that day, like piece by yeah, piece. Yeah, we, we fleshed that one out like the first half. Before lunch, that thing was fleshed out. I know, and it was it was, it was was kind of crazy, and then it's so weird when you you have an instrumental, and then by the end of the day you're like, we have a song, but is it, like, you don't know if it's good yet, like, you're, because you're too in it. You're like, is this good? I can't even, and then we, we made some changes the second day, and I was like, this is pretty fucking good. It's fucking Love it was, that song. I yeah. think we knew, like, once everybody was, like, listening back that second day, just like, jam into it and like you already know when when the, the the hook is stuck in your head and and then like you know we're all hitting each other up after hours being like i can't stop listening to this goddamn song and yep that was definitely one of those yeah that, that those verses are like r&b pop verses which kind of got me excited yeah me too it's, it's that michael jackson coming back baby that boys to men <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's ingrained in my veins uh but, but kind of responding to some of the things you actually said uh, a little a little earlier <laughs> just your kind of confidence um was a really refreshing thing because it was one of the things i guess i didn't even think about that much when we were going through the, the process 
process of, of choosing a singer, but in hindsight, I think actually made you even more perfect to be the singer was just your temperament. You know, it was a really tough year for all of us. And we, we were going through, you know, I, I can't even talk about how much, how much stuff much. We, had, we had, we had gone through and we were kind of like emotionally and mentally battered, you know, and then it would get even crazier in the next six months, even, even after that. But you came right. in and we, and we'd be like talking about, yeah, man, this happened, that happened. You're like, how are you doing? Like, doing just great, bro. Doing fine. Like you were like, fuck, you guys want to eat today? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was, it was good to have that energy and have someone who is like, I really think uh, if someone with the wrong temperament was in the band, I don't, I think they would not be able to kind of handle what comes along with this gig. Cause it's not just, Hey, here's a, a, you're singer in a rock band and just go be a rock band. There's all this bull online bullshit and just like harassment basically. And kind of weird, just weirdness. That's not fair. That's not normal, right? It shouldn't be normalized. We, should, we shouldn't go, just go, Hey, that's part of whatever. It's like, no, that's not people should, should be cool. Like it's so it's, yeah. it's, 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 yeah, it's especially, it's, especially putting a record out like that time supposed to be like the celebratory thing. And, and we were all just kind of going through the gauntlet, but like, it was cool that we were going through the gauntlet together because I think if anything, um, it brought all of us together closer as a band and, and kind of just anybody that had a really shitty day. And I, I, I know that I told you guys, my line's always open. And I think like we all just kind of, even moving forward from here, it's like we all lean on each other when it's, and it just kind of solidifies those relationships. So sometimes going through the bullshit, you know, it's good to clean each other off. Well, it's, I mean, it's now we're in a, in a, such a different space because right. There's like, you're in the band, but no one knows the secret. And then we release a song and we shoot videos and the records out. Now it's like, kind of, it becomes a different kind of reality, right? All of a sudden it's like, no, I'm the fucking singer, bro. Bad wolves, <laughs> bro. This is, this is my life. Um, how did that feel? Mm -hmm. Like when the album was actually out and people could kind of absorb the full body of, of work and the, and kind of, kind of the res kind of the response to that for you. Um, man, I was just, uh, super relieved that the record was out. Cause like, I think, you know, we all love the record obviously. And we like wrote the record for ourselves, but, um, it's like nerve wracking to, especially with like the singer change and all that stuff. It's like nerve wracking to not know, or like, or are you, you talk yourself into like what people are going to think about it before they hear anything. So it's like, I, I definitely started doing that a little bit. Like, cause I listened to, even after we were done with the record, I listened to the record as a fan, like just nonstop. I've been, I still put on a song here and there. I, I'm starting to finally get to, which it's <laughs> taken me longer than any, any other record I've ever done in my life to get to this point, but I'm starting to finally get sick of it a little bit. And, um, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just, um, yeah, I was really relieved once it came out for sure. And um, even though, you know, the the normal, it's like you're going to get the north and south of it. There's going to be shit talkers and there's going to be people that accept it and, and whatever. But um, it was just really nice to like finally hear any kind of feedback, whether it was good or bad or whatever. It was just nice to know that like we took that step and it's out and now we can like talk about something else other than 
whatever else we were leading up to it. That was because that was just nerve wracking, just getting the work done and yeah, waiting for it to come out. Well, and now our next challenge, I would say, is getting on tour, playing live, which is kind of crazy because it's you've been on tour, of course, plenty in your life, but never as a lead lead vocalist for a band. So it's like this thing that even even for me, where it's always a little nerve wracking when you have a new record out because you 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 know it to me, it actually takes a year on tour to get tight as a band. Like I really think just where to where you're not even thinking, right? You're just like you you right, know you kind songs. of like bounce off each other. But not like that, but just physically like the muscle memory of playing the material becomes second nature, right? I I remember, I mean, dude, there were songs off that first record that we when we first started playing, I mean, we could barely play them. It was so I mean, we would sit there for hours just playing the verse and learn to live. Like it took me six months to get anywhere decent at that right you know songs like better the devil like like crazy kind of that verse riff it's just just so so many songs like that and you know so so anytime you have a new collection of songs like you just know okay every like even let's say you're on tour and you're like oh we've been playing these 12 songs and then you have to bring one new song that one new song is always like not quite as at the level of the, of the other songs. So then you have a new record, you have to do it for six or seven songs. So it's always a little around that. But now it's like, hey, this is this, the, to me, this is like the next version of like making the record. It's like figuring out who we are as a live band, um, developing just the new energy, the new environment. The Because in metal, rock, hardcore, live is really mainly where you connect with people like in the most visceral and kind of personal way, I think, you know, um, what's your kind of thoughts about the approach to what kind of front man you're going to be and what kind of approach live you're going to take? Um, I think it's just like, it's one of those things that even back in the day when I was playing guitar in a band, I still kind of, I think we, you know, we even talked about this before I was in bad wolves. It was just like, um, Although I was a guitar player, like I still kind of in a weird way took a frontman role. Like I, I like would pump the crowd up and I was always the first one to like jump down on the barricade and, and fuck with people and, and give high fives and stuff. So like I've always kind of had that mentality of like you said, like kind of connecting with the fans and like being very present while you're playing. And um so I think, you know, minus a guitar, um, none of that is really going to change just just uh i might need a little bit of time to take some okay. some deep breaths and stuff but uh it's gonna be like dl the palladium in 2011 fucking <laughs> are we gonna bring back the triple x uh white tees <laughs> maybe you never know I, I might i might rock a tall t once in a while depending on the on the vibe just white white yeah. tees and 40s that's gonna be the <laughs> and we're gold chains gold chains baby that's it yep yep so um yeah you know it's it's hard to say because we haven't played a show so it's like um i don't want to be like oh i'm gonna be this way because then it's not organic but like whatever whatever um whatever i did in the past for sure is going to carry over to what because that's because what i did in the past was organic it was just like uh i like having a a show be kind of like a a party atmosphere and, and nice yep so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna be partying up there for sure. Yeah, but for- I am excited. I am. Ex- everybody keeps asking me. All right, 
everybody keeps asking me if I'm going to play guitar or not on like some of the ballads or anything like that. And I always say never say never, but like you already know, man, I'm excited to not have a guitar on me. And like whether or not we do that, I do want to have like free hands to I'm going to I'm going to fuck with you guys a little bit, too. So already we already know <laughs> for sure. I'm going to be running around and going and getting drinks and Doc, you need a drink? I'm going to go get you one real quick or something. Good. I like that. I like that. I need I need a drink tech. All right. Getting my own drinks is so, so much work, you know. When you're hit, when you're hitting a solo or something, I got the free hands. I'll run. Well, you you you've seen Dragon Force, right? Mm-hmm. They have like mic stands with <laughs> drink holders in them, so they can, cup holders, so they can drink while they're while they're shredding. Smart, <laughs> very smart. Listen, I don't know if it's it helps the playing, but it definitely um, makes it easier to you know drink and play because you know who wants to wait in between songs and go behind your guitar cabinet to to have a swig. You know, like I think, trying to be all secret about the sips, secret sips, secret sips, baby. That's how, that's, that's how it goes down sometime. Um, so it's so it's interesting, right? We, you know, we made the record, put out the record and, and it's this weird phase where because of the, the band's legal issues and also covid and all just all this crazy stuff, we're all like spread out doing different things i've been playing with the wedding band and doing all this stuff you've been working on a record john was producing an album chris was teching kyle took this gig like everyone's so it's this weird thing where we're kind of like you know you're doing interviews and you know uh there's a lot of integration with like our social media and stuff that we're kind of like get we have to like catch up on and kind of get back but we haven't really been at the business of being a band together Right now, I, right. I, I would say we're like the Power Rangers, but if the Power Rangers were all off doing side missions, right? And now the Power Rangers have to come together and inform the Voltron, which I know I'm crossing properties <laughs> I'm there. So, I'm so confused right now. Listen, man, you don't remember Voltron? <laughs> no. Are you are you are you too young for that? Good lord. No, I no, I watched I watched Power Rangers when like all the all the young boys thought Kimberly was hot, the Pink Ranger, so. I know, I remember. No, no, Voltron is like before that. That's like from the 80s and stuff where it was like anime. And it was the same kind of idea where there are five of them and they come together to form like a big... Anyway, the point is, <laughs> you know, we're we're all going to meet up in the new year and start rehearsing and kind of yep. getting to, to do this, to, you know, just be a band, which is so much harder as we get older and when, especially when people live in different places and, and, and stuff. But I'm I'm just really excited to just i just you know i just love to jam you know and, and and these songs are great and it's when you have great songs you want to fucking play them live in a room and so it's like it's really exciting well that's a, that's a thing too it's like and i know like even before this band or anything it's happened to me many times where you finish a record and um like i just said i finally got I'm finally getting to the point where it's like, oh Jesus Christ! If I hear if I hear this one song again, I'm gonna fucking jump out a window. But like, um, that first rehearsal when like you first play that that song that you're sick of, most sick of. Let's just say Lifeline because it's been the single, so it's like we've heard it the most. And um, dude, I already know the first time that we play that song live, it's just gonna like breathe so much like new life into that song for me. Just hearing it. 
you know, hearing it sound different, but the same, but even bigger, it's, you, you, you feel the drums and like, it's just, um, makes you fall in love with it again. So I, I'm excited for that too, just to, just to see you guys play those riffs and see John play those beats and, and have it all kind of come together. See that you didn't do, you didn't do the thing. I took, it's so funny. Actually, I didn't even do Yo. that either. Are you talking about Do Not Disturb? Yeah, it's funny. I didn't put mine on either. <laughs> I did. I did. Whoa, it disturbed. That's so messed up. That's so messed up. Damn you, Apple. Damn you. <laughs> you gotta, maybe I didn't get the right update or something. Oh, it's all there good. There we go. It's, it's all good. Um, what are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah. like... Uh, uh, rehearsal. Think, rehearsal and yeah. finally getting together. Well, well, the thing is, one thing I think the band has done is... <laughs> learn to kind of simplify a little bit and not overplay and not uh kind of put in needless technicalities but dude especially when you, when you add low tuning distortion it's like if you're just there's too much going on it just you can't even fucking hear it when you're it's like playing white noise shows. yeah it can be you know um and so i think we really honed in on a on writing parts that are just connective, especially in, in when you're doing these festivals and big venues, you want stuff that's going to really come, come across well. So I think that's, what's always exciting. Cause I feel like when you play live, you're almost, especially now with the way so many bands write, which is right in front of a computer. And you're not really, it's not like back in the day when you, you'd get in a room and you're literally writing in the room and you have a kind of understanding of what it sounds like in that environment. So it's in a way the live performance is an, an interpretation of the album, right? Like you're trying to almost translate what's on that record in a different form. So it's it's like rediscovering the songs for the first time again, in my my opinion. Yeah, I think so too. And and, and like you just said, it's like I think almost every song on this record is kind of built to translate live too. So that's uh, that's really exciting. It's gonna that's be awesome. To, that's what I. It's do. gonna be awesome to hear it full full volume. Fucking a. Um, one thing, I, you know, I I think we've covered a lot, and I'm feeling feeling good about this. But I don't know about you. In a weird way, like working on this record, and you know, there's probably what two or three other songs with vocals that either were finished or close to finished that didn't make the record that are great. And I felt like this. And then we also did a Christmas song, uh, a couple a couple months back that came out great, and we kind of we had a really smooth kind of workflow. And all that does is kind of get me excited for the next record. I don't know if you I don't know if you've been thinking thinking about that, but I almost mm -hmm. I, I brought this up. I, feel, I like I, and hopefully I like you tell me if I'm if I'm jinxing us because maybe I'll cut this out if I'm, I'm jinxing us. Where I feel like this is our through the ashes of empires. I don't know if you're a Machine Head fan, and then yeah, that's my next, favorite Machine Head record. But I feel like that was just setting the table for the blackening which is like their big album that just had an artistic impact and a impact on the metal scene that the biggest since their first album, you know? And I felt like they scratched the surface and because we had more than half a record left over from the previous sessions, it's like, it'll be cool to start with just a blank slate and go, hey, what do we wanna do? And we could do whatever we want because we know right. we can we can write the heaviest shit that's ever existed, and we can write the light the kind of poppiest stuff. We know we can do all that. And it's just a matter of like 
deciding what we want to do and just it just be cool to be in a in a really creative open space and go and not and have no expectations and just just right yeah yeah exactly and and um that's my favorite part of this band and number one favorite part of this band is the fact that bad wolves has no limitations so like you said we can um just broaden those horizons of what the band has always done so well it's just write the heaviest stuff possible and write like the most beautiful stuff possible. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's like top, top tier for me. It's like, that's what I'm most excited about even kind of moving forward for a new record. It's like, we can do whatever we want and, um, we can kind of even build more upon just writing that, that selfish musician shit, just, just writing a record that we love and, um, I'm super excited to write the next one more, you know, now that we have one as a band under our belt and we like kind of know the writing chemistry between like each of us and we have almost unlimited resources as far as studio and, and all that stuff. Um, and it's going to be a, it's going to be a, next one's going to be a son of a bitch. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. And it's, it's cool to have, this much writing talent. And that's a big thing about having you in the band is that, like I said, DL could, he could just go write the album on his own. Goes, Guys, here's a new album. I wrote it over the weekend. Have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> over the weekend, just two days. Here's Double the album. Uh, enjoy that. I'll be, I'll be taking a nap. Um, I've done the album for you. <laughs> Doc, here are your parts. Uh, John, you'll be playing this. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, no, but that's, you know, like I, I've kind of compared it, you know, to have you in the band is like having our own Adam D in the band, just someone that uh, can produce, knows songwriting, uh, understands all the instrumentation. Like I've seen you, I haven't seen you behind the drum kit, but I've seen you with a f- air drumming. I'm like, this motherfucker plays drums. He can do Man, everything. Kick, kick, like as a kid in like the classes that you would get kicked out of a class for doing that. I, that's what I was getting kicked out of class where I was always drumming on like the backs of people's chairs and shit. <laughs> get out of here, Mr. Lasky. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I think that just adds a whole new dimension t- to the band. And it's just, it's just, it's just very exciting. And, you know, just to be around talent. Like I feel any environment with just, I've had the good fortune to play with so many great bands and great musicians. And it's just like, when you're in those environments, you're just, I feel lucky because it's, it's not always, you know, it's not always the case, <laughs> you know, where you're no, just, a, right. Where, and that's what I was saying about you guys. It's just like, like, like I said about the studio and stuff, um, super refreshing to me, just being in a, a band now that has like so many talented motherfuckers. It's like, it's kind of crazy to me. It's mind blowing. Honestly, the fact that what we're doing, you know, blows my mind for sure. You guys are all so talented and, and I have, Grateful every day. Appreciate it every day. Love you, motherfuckers. Love you too, dude. Well, listen, man. Thank you so much for for being back on the show for the second time. Should we tell him? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> second time it is. For the second, second time. time. That's right. That's right. We're not going to tell him. All right. We, this is it's called state secrets. Okay. But uh, Leave no. Him hanging. No, but I I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I think people are going to enjoy this conversation. I know they've, I've had a lot of people go, Hey, you going to bring DL back on the show. I'm like, of course, that's what we do. We do this for the people, for the people. Okay. I don't do this for me. Okay. I mean, a that's little it. bit for me, but, but definitely for the people, but I appreciate it. I can't wait to see you in what 
a month. Well, no, less a than month. a month. Like less. I mean, yeah, about a, about a month. About about a month. We're we're gonna be hanging out. We're gonna be rehearsing. And uh, you know, happy holidays. Enjoy the time with the fam. Same to you, man. All right. Yep. And enjoy shoveling that snow. You know, it's funny that you say that because I do like the smell of two-stroke fuel. So I don't I don't mind uh, I don't I don't mind a little bit of snowblower fuel smell. Oh, you have a like snowblower. It's, it's my quiet time. You have a snowblower. I do. I need it. Okay. I don't know. I, don't I ain't know about... shoveling three feet. All right. I don't know. I don't know about that. Listen, it's been a while since I've I've shoveled snow. Thankfully. I don't, I don't think I can go back. Rub it in. Rub it in. <laughs> See, sunny California awaits. You'd be getting snow before you know it. Watch. With all this climate change and everything, it's going to be snowing in Cali. And you it's going to be palm trees growing up here. As they say, it's uh, hell. I guess that would mean hell has frozen over, right? <laughs> Pigs fly. <laughs> all right, brother. You have a good day, and I will talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Love you later. Peace.
So that was Never Be the Same, the second track from Bad Wolf's new record, Dear Monsters, and our first album featuring Mr. Daniel D.L. Laskowitz. Hope you enjoyed the song. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. He absolutely kills it on that track. I was trying to figure out what song. I was like, what's, what's one where DL's just slamming on it? And I think that's a really, a really good one. Uh, I've been playing that one practicing. I think I'm going to sneeze. We're going to see. Am I going to sneeze? Hold on. Should I sneeze on my mic? Uh, <clears throat> we're leaving it in. Not going to edit that out. All right. That's what we do on the show. We keep it real. All right. Uh, as, as they say, warts and all. Okay. I don't, I don't mess around. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm just glad you guys get to hear from DL and he can give, you know, his insight and into what it's like being in this crazy band that we did a record and we haven't really, outside of doing our music videos and photos, we haven't done a lot of stuff in the same room together. So it's kind of, we're still early days in this thing. So things are going to get very, very interesting in the near future. I think I might have some mail. Um, people have, have, have emailed me and sometimes I just like to re read these on air because, you know, they hit me about the show and uh, I just think it's nice. So th they get heard. Uh, this mail email <laughs> is from Mr. Tony Asher. He goes, hey, doc, just wanted to say I've been listening to the podcast a lot lately. I've been loving it. I've seen God forbid play plenty of times and Bad Wolves once. But I'll always remember the first time I met you. I lived in St. Louis, Missouri. I remember you guys, God forbid, were playing with Children of Bodom at Pops in Saugit, Illinois. This had to be like mid-2000s. This was 2006, by the way. I was already a fan of God forbid and COB. I had uh, maybe been 15 or 16 years old. I had already been playing guitar since I was 11. Right after your set, you came down to the bar and I... As an awkward teenager came up to you, you were the nicest and most welcoming band member I had met yet. Honestly, besides Brian Fair and John Donay of Shadows Fall, whom I met a year earlier, you and I literally talked about guitar and Alexi from COB for like 35, 40 minutes while COB was playing. You signed the back of my God Forbid shirt. I always remember this and it constantly reminds me of the metal rock scene sense of community, which helped shape me in the years to come after. Honestly, thanks to you and some others, I'm still a guitar player and audio mixing engineer to this day. Your sense of community and respect for your fans kept me in music, and I thank you, sir. All love, Tony Asher. Well, thank you to you. That That's a really beautiful email. I really appreciate it. Um, it's cool when you get these, <laughs> these messages. I mean, you certainly don't want to hear the opposite, right? <laughs> Which is like... Hey man, you were a dick to me back in uh, 2000, whatever. That is is certainly the n not the <laughs> the stuff you want to hear. But uh, so that that's always really nice because you you're like I hope I was always a nice guy, and I think you can always catch anyone really on the wrong day, right? And I'm someone you know that, like I said, I. I think there's definitely some way you can like put on an act like, oh, I'm going to pretend to be the nice guy. We don't care. But I don't know. I, I just always enjoyed hanging out with the fans because I am a fan. And I like watching the bands from the crowd, especially when you're on tour with a great band. It's like you're getting to see the show for free. And 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 for me, that's like that's metal school. You're, you're out there 
watching the best of the best. And, uh, and yeah, so that's something I, I always enjoyed. I, I never really, I guess I get a little older. Maybe I'll hide out backstage a little, a little more. <laughs> um, but back then, certainly that was, that was not the case. So thank you to Tony. And I also have to thank everyone who tagged me on their, I guess, you know, I guess Spotify, you can do your top podcasts. And it was kind of crazy how many people hit me up posting that uh, the X-Men was either their number one listen to podcast or in the top five. That's always kind of crazy to think about that, you know, people have been spending hours and hours with you. And uh, I just appreciate it. I think that's that's really cool. That that That's, that's like, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> it, it means a lot. Um, I also have to give a shout out to a Mr. Angus Clark, who is a guitar player who plays in Trans-Siberian Orchestra, who I'm sure, you know, they're world famous. They do these insane metal Christmas shows all around the States playing arenas and it's massive. They have two bands. They do two shows a night. And he was a fan of the podcast and said, Hey, you know, he sent me an email. He goes, Hey doc, uh, if you want to come to a show, I'll hook you up just as a thank you for doing the show. So getting that kind of appreciation, um, it's, it's, it's mind blowing. So huge thanks to Angus. And he just absolutely killed it on guitar. What a rock star. He has a really badass Gibson flying V. So I think I might be, I think that'd be, ne be next on the guitar bucket list is getting a proper Gibson flying V, but a uh, shout out to him. Tr Trans Siberian orchestra, incredible show, except there was this couple talking behind us. They were just talking the whole time. I'm like, why can't y'all be one of those dysfunctional couples who just don't, they, you be on a long ass ride, you know, 45 minutes. Don't say nothing. You cold? No. You like the song? No. No, you got you got to be talking. To, what did what 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 come you got to talk about at a show that's loud as hell? What what I don't know what conversation topics. I want to slap all these people. Thankfully, I practice nonviolence. But uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. All right, I love you all. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope everyone's doing well and the uh, the holidays are not rubbing you down too much. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna kind of. I have some things to do. I'm going on Twitch with Chris from The Ghost Inside, the guitar player tomorrow. But other than that, I'm pretty. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and not kill myself. Maybe I'll sleep in and uh, eat some pancakes <laughs> or something. Even though I think I've. I think I like waffles more than pancakes now. I don't, does that make me a bad guy? I don't know. We'll think about it. All right, y'all be good. Keep rocking, and Mamba's out. radio stations in America. Profiles, The Wrath of the Buzzard, P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.